Amen. We greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you happy to be in the service of the Lord? Amen. Brother Philip told me that Brother Joe Bert is here. If you can just wave his hand, he's from Middleback. Amen. We welcome you. God bless you richly. Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, without waste of time, let us just turn to our Bibles. It decides 12, verse 13. It decides 12, verse 18. I found it written this man. Amen. I don't know, Brother Fanny, if you can just fix the screen for me. Let us hear the conclusion. Is, is that chapter 12, verse 18? Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Amen. This is the conclusion of the whole matter, and the, duty of, the whole duty of a man is to fear and keep commandments of the Lord. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful this evening. We are here because you desire this way that we should be here. That is why we are very much thankful. We just want the Holy Spirit to come and take the preeminency. And Lord, we say, David, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no right, especially when we have gathered in the presence of the Almighty God. And may you speak to us, dear God, in any manner that you see fit. Uh, it would be much better for you to speak to us now than for you to speak to us at the day of judgment. That is why anything that has to be spoken tonight, let it be spoken, dear God. So that as the Bible says, that the judgment starts from the, in the house of the Lord. We don't want to appear at the day of judgment. And Lord, if you judge us now, we are able to go and amend our ways. And Lord, and come back so that we can be accepted in your presence. And Lord, help us to be receptive to your weight. Because Lord, we know that it is a privilege for a human being to hear the word of God in the end time. There are many that are buried in graves as I'm speaking right now. And Lord, they wish that they could have had an opportunity to hear the word, but unfortunately it never happened. But for us, that where it happened, that's why the scripture says, to him much is given, much will be required. And we know that whatever you have done to us, dear God, you just did not do it for the sake of doing it. You've got expectations that once we have had, there's got to be a life that follows thereafter. That is why we want to commit the service to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly as you take your seats. 
Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, just a couple of minutes. I just want to speak on a subject that the prophet of God spoke on. Uh, Some time back I was quite intrigued by the subject. And when I read, I was quite captivated. And I thought it would be proper that I, I come and share it with you. Amen. Uh, there are times when a minister reads for his consumption. And there are times when he reads for his consumption in order to share with other people. Uh, are you here, folks? Amen. A minister that just reads to share with people only... It's a problematic minister uh, because that means he, in his pace personally, he doesn't grow in faith. Hallelujah. And those that minister, they know there are certain messages that you would read and be blessed and think that you can take them to the church only to realize that, no, no, actually it was meant for your own personal consumption. Uh, Did it ever happen to some of the people that are ministering? Amen. And once you, and another thing about being a minister, you've got to preach to yourself before you preach to the church. Are we together? So that means if it's a message of repentance, you've got to repent first before the church can repent. Hallelujah. Are we together? The message has got to bless you as a minister before you bless the people with the same message. Are we together? Uh, uh, I, I just want to take a couple of minutes and just speak on a very simple subject, respect. Amen. Respect. Uh, maybe just to kickstart my sermon, uh, there's a, a, a renowned doctor that made observations based on what they saw in the socioeconomic environment. And this doctor was Dr. Uh, Sigmund, uh, he's from, he's a fellow of the Royal Society of Medicine. He said, the nursery-aged children are becoming increasingly violent and disrespectful towards their teachers. That means nursery kids are becoming increasingly violent and disrespectful towards their teachers. Parent battering is on the rise, and the number of policemen attacked by children is increasing rapidly. And he coined a phrase, the spoiled generation. Says parents who fail to exert authority are breed, or parents who fail to exert authority breeding young stars with no respect for anyone. Are we together? So that means if a parent does not exert authority upon a child, that child will grow up not to respect anyone, and that is why we've got a spoiled generation. Are we together? Which is mainly driven by lack of respect. Amen. I just want to, how many agree that in, our end, in the end time, respect as a value is becoming extinct? Amen. 
and I think you old timers, you as because you are old fashioned, you know how things used to be done in the olden age era uh, versus what is happening in the modern age uh, today. Young men would just speak to an old man or old woman while wearing a hat. Amen. And you wonder, where, where is the respect in this? And, and I think they've come to think that that is the way of life, but that is the way of death. Hallelujah. Uh, respect is the way of life. Disrespect is the way of death. Are we together? And, and, and the, the reason people do not have respect towards one another is because they have lost the respect to God. Amen. Brother Bram says when we express reverence to him, then we respect one another. Then when we lose the reverence towards him, then we disrespect one another. Are we together? I hope we are together here. Respect, uh, it, it's, it's one of the things, if I would use an analogy, is like an air, if you take it away, it's all people would, would think about. As long as it's present, uh, no one thinks about it. But when it is not around, everyone gets obsessed that there is lack of respect. Are we together? Now, Brother Brenham uh, speaks about uh, these things, and 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 I, I hope you you would understand that if you are a child, you have got to respect your parents. Are uh, we together? And it is only commandment that has got a, a promise of a, of life. Are uh, we together? Uh, when you are a child, you've got to respect your parents. And I want to put it across to you that even if your parents are not in the message, they are still parents that must be respected. I do not, however, say you need to do things that they tell you to do which are unscriptural. But how you approach them will determine whether they see God in you or not see God in you. Are we together? Every child has got to respect their parents. It is non-negotiable. It is a principle of life, and there is no way about it. Are we together? Uh, but uh, today, today, there isn't a lot of families are chaotic. is because young ones have lost the respect for their parents. They do whatever they see fit in their own eyes. Uh, are we together? Uh, you are morally obligated to respect your parents. Are we together? Now, Brother Branham says in this message, question and answers, he says, if a family ever loses its respect for the family and the children lose their respect to the parents, that family is torn to pieces. There is no, there is no hope for such a family. And Brother Bram say, for a family to be a family, mom and dad must pull in the right direction, in the same direction. Are we together? And sisters, I want to say this, and as well as brothers, if mommy says something is wrong, dad must say it is wrong. If dad says something is wrong, mom must say it is wrong. Hallelujah. No one is allowed to, to change anything without consulting with a fellow parent before you take a matter to the children. And what has destroyed a lot of children is because dad will say, this is unacceptable. 
But after dad has put the law, mommy will go and say, but it's not a big deal. I will talk to your dad about it. And later uh, it changes until the child knows that uh, that man, whatever he tells me, is not a problem. It will be settled in the bedroom. It will be changed. Mommy will say to it that it gets changed. It is unacceptable, folks. Are we together? Do we agree that mom and dad must sing from the same hymn book as far as raising children is concerned? Amen. And and children, they are are sometimes, they are the beneficiaries of conflict. When mom and dad disagree, you'll realize that a lot of times when parents uh, separate, it is difficult for them to raise sound children because what is happening, they will, they, will, they will play into those dynamics of the differences between the two parents. If mom disagrees with them, they will go with to dad, and dad will agree. Hallelujah. Because at that moment, everybody is just interested to see that uh, I've got the attention of the kids, not in their spiritual development or moral development. Are we together? I don't know whether are you aware of what I'm talking about. Uh, have you picked up that if your kids were to be in conflict with you, they will pick up a relative that does not agree with you? Hallelujah. And the relative will be so glad to receive them because it undermines your authority upon that child's life. And actually, a lot of times, Brother Brendan says, it's not juvenile delinquency, it is parental delinquency. Are we together? And, and, and if parents are not in their position, don't expect the children to be in their position. Are we together? But, but what molds and what, what sticks the family together, there's got to be a respect in the family. And what brings the community together, there's got to be respect in the community. What makes the nation together, there's got to be respect within the nation. And what brings the church together, there's got to be a mutual respect in the church. Are we together? It says, if a church ever loses respect for its pastor, why? That church is gone. If a nation ever loses their respect for the Supreme Court and its decision, that nation is gone. And here, without bringing politics into the picture, you can look at what is happening in our country. Our country has got no regard for the laws because what is happening, our nation has lost respect for the decisions of the courts. Are we together? I'm going to put it for what it is. If you have a a lawless president, you'll have a lawless nation. That is how it is. The nation can never live above its president. The church can never live above its pastor. The family can never live above the husband or the head of the house. Are we together? Whatever the leader, how the leader is, it's a reflection. It will produce exactly what the people are following. Are we together? I hope we are together here. Now, Brother Branham says in the very, uh, I've got several extracts from the same message. He says, respect is what we owe to God. It's not a, a favor that we give to God. It is a respect that we give to God. We owe it to God to give it to Him, to respect Him. Are we together? And why I'm saying this, eh, 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 the, what, what is beginning to characterize house of worship a lot of times is lack of reverence. Uh, are we together? Uh, the, 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 
there are, there are weird things that happen in the sanctuary, and that is why a lot of times when you are standing here, you interact with spirits. We interact with a lot of things that are happening. And at some point in time, as a, as a minister, you've got to take certain decisions as you are delivering the way. Because we interact with a lot of things in the spirit realm. Are we together? And uh, that is why you would have heard me on Sunday. Uh, I posted during the sermon, I say, there's a brother that is eating a bubble gum. Can he stop? That thing is not just eating a bubble gum. It's just lack of reverence for the Holy Spirit. Are we together? And, and, and we are beginning to see a, a being young ones. And that is why it's good to have a smartphone. But when you walk into a place of worship, you've got to switch it off. Are we together? This is, this is a, a place where the Almighty God is coming down. And we do not want in any way to offend His presence. And those that love His presence are not going to be apologetic when His presence is about to be offended. Are we together? Because why? We know that the God that we serve demands respect. And we know that those that worship him owe him a respect. Are we together? Are young ones, you, you must hear me very well. During the service is not where you eat the steam roll. No, no sir. This is a time where you've got to be conscious because it's a matter of life and death. When a priest went into the Holy of Holies, if that priest did not approach the Holy of Holies in the right way, he would die in the presence of God. Are we together? In the presence of God, you've got to check yourself. You've got to check your attitude. And that is why a lot of people, and, and that is why, folks, I had much better put it across. Sometimes, and I'll put it for what it is, sometimes instead of being helped in the church, you can walk away with a demon. I have said it and understand what I'm talking about. You say, hey, there's no presence of the Holy Ghost. As we are speaking right here, we don't know who's here, who has been through what, who has got what spirit. But as the word goeth forth, the word cast away spirits. And as soon as the spirit moves from one person, if there is negligence on the next person, that demon will jump on you. Are we together? And I'm afraid, and I don't have the statistics, but I'm afraid that we are getting into a stage where visitors will come to church with a demon. They will leave the church delivered, but a demon will jump to the one that has always been in church because of lack of reverence. Does it sink in, folks? Brother Bram says, that's one thing that I would like to drill this to the heart of every person here tonight. That in all things that we are seeing going on, we must give respects to it. Uh, and it says, he continues, he says, Solomon said also in the Proverbs that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Hallelujah. How do you know that somebody is wise? It's when they respect God. Hallelujah. And, and you, you are, you, the attitude sometimes reflects the level at which you are as an individual. And it says, Solomon also said in the Proverbs that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And he says, now, I don't mean that you are afraid of him. But that means that you are giving respect and reverence 
And when you respect God, you fear God. You fear that you might displease him in some way. You fear lest you would do something wrong. You know, if, if we were to take you and, and maybe uh, uh, invite you into the palace of the Queen of England, as soon as you walk through the entrance and you've greeted the guard, you become conscious of yourself. And when you walk, you, you're, because what's happening, you know that for one to be in the presence of the queen, there's got to be a certain degree of decorum. Mm-hmm. There is a particular etiquette that you've got to exhibit when you go into the presence of the queen. You don't just go into the presence of the queen casually. You've got to respect her office. And, and if you, I told you many a times, there was a time where I, I went into a royal place of a king somewhere in Kwandevele. I drove in there. Hallelujah. I did not even know the protocol of going there. I just drove in there, parked my car, uh, saw a bunch of men that were under the tree, closed my car, went to them, started greeting them. And as I was about to greet the other gentlemen, they held my hand and told me that the king is not supposed to be touched. And then that's when I realized that, goodness, I thought I was just going to an ordinary place. Then they made me sit down and say, listen, even how you came in, it was not proper. There is a way to come. There is a way to approach the king. And as a matter of time, as a matter of fact, I, the, the gentleman that was talking to me, he says, I will take over the proceedings. The king was sitting next to us. The guy was in between. But anything that I had to speak, I had to tell this gentleman, and he had to convey the message to the king. And when I was sitting there, I said, it doesn't make sense because I've spoken. But the, queen, the king understands because he has heard me because he's within my vicinity. They don't care. That is the protocol. That is the decorum. That is the etiquette. And if a mere king can be like that, how much more about the immortal king? There's got to be a way to approach him, folks. There's got to be a way that you talk to that king. You cannot just talk to him casually. Look, I was casual with that king, but I survived. But if I was to be casual with this king, it will result in death. Are you here? Amen. He says, you, 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 and that, because that God is God, he deserves respect. Hallelujah. How many believe that God deserves respect? Hallelujah. Look, let let me put it this way. Either you will respect him or you will be compelled to respect him. But either way, you shall respect him. Are we together? I would rather respect him, not out of him compelling me, but being my choice, being where I come to the stage that there is none like this God. He is a creator. He created me. I've got to acknowledge his supremacy. Are we together? Because if you don't do that, you definitely shall be compelled to respect him. Amen. Maybe even before I go with the quotation, you remember how there was a testimony a couple of years ago where uh, girls were going out for, I don't know, it was a party, and the mother came out, and this mother uh, said to the girl, that the last girl that they picked up, uh, who happened to be her daughter, and said, Mommy said to the daughter, said, uh, take this Bible, 
and, and just carry it. The girl said, we don't have enough space in the motor vehicle to accommodate a Bible, but we'll put it in the boot. The car went, they drove her off, it rolled. They all died, but the boot was not affected. Actually, there was a tray of eggs in the boot. Not even one egg was broken because the Bible was next to the egg. You've got to respect this God. Are we together? And that's why you, you, folks, a lot of people are, are, are sinking because of their ways. People, we live during a time where people just talk as if there is no consequences. We live in an era where anyone and anyone can just say well, however way they feel. But I want to say, in an era where uh, the, the freedom card is being trumpeted, you've got to be conscious that there is the almighty God that must be respected. And it says, we've got to respect him and give a fear to him. That brings respect. God has demanded that for himself, that for himself and for all his servants. God demands respect for his servants. And I want to say, we're getting into an hour, and I, I want to advise, not only within this audience, but across where they, this tape will go. Young people must realize, you may fail in a Christian walk, but the devil must never make you to sink that low that you can begin to curse the prophet of the age. And I had much better bring it into the picture. He who curses the prophet of the age curses the Holy Ghost. And he who blasphemes the Holy Ghost, we are told that there is no forgiveness for such. You remember Jesus says, you can blaspheme me, but when the comforter comes and you blaspheme that one, there shall be no forgiveness. And Brother Branham was sent by the Holy Ghost in the end time. And when you blaspheme him, you don't blaspheme William Branham. You are blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And when you blaspheme him, there is no more forgiveness. And people have defined uh, people have just pushed themselves over the line between right. judgment and mercy by just being careless. Right. What happened to the time where you realize that you are unable to live a Christian walk and you just walk away and you ask for the believers to pray for you? But young ones today, because of technology, they think that the keyboard makes them to be the lions. And they can go on the internet and type whatever bunch of nonsense that they can put on the internet. Let me tell you something. At the day of judgment, all the people and anything that they have ever done shall be replayed to them. And I say, God, be gracious to me that when they play, the tape is replayed. Let my weight be not found against the servants of God in any way. Help me to have a respect. Are we together? Amen. And it says, God has demanded that for himself and for all his servants. Because you can never respect God and disrespect his servant. Amen. And you can never respect his servant and disrespect God. Amen. They go together. Amen. 
Gotti, and it says, Gotti man's respect for his servants. How we know that they are his servants? Because he vindicates these servants by his weight. He takes these servants and makes these servants them servants of God and proves that they are servants of God by making his way, way to work through them servants. Then as you respect that servant, then you respect God. Wow. And we are getting into an hour where a person will say, me, I will not respect anyone. I only respect God. You are lying. Yeah. God is not hanging somewhere on the tree. God is using human beings. Yeah. Hallelujah. You cannot just respect people and claim to respect God. Then as you respect that servant, you respect God. So when I respect you, you respect me. We respect each other. Then we are respecting God. I hope we are together here. And Brother Brenham speaks about Elijah. How after Elijah had been raptured, Elijah came with a testimony that I was with him, we had crossed the river Jordan, and he was taken by chariots. Brother Bram said the testimony of Elisha during that time, it became uh, a comedy around dinner tables. The parents would say, you know, that old fella says Elijah the prophet was taken by chariots. Where did those chariots come from? The old fella has lost his mind. And then as the parents were talking about the servant of God in the presence of the kids, one day when the servant of God was coming, then they saw him coming. All of a sudden, Elisha, they screamed at the top of their voice and say, you bald head preacher. And right there, Elisha, he called two she-beds upon them and he destroyed the kids. But Brother Brenham said it was not the irreverency of the children, but it was the irreverency of the parents. Hallelujah. What you talk about around dinner table, it is shaping and molding the character of your kids. Hallelujah. You you pick up the kids that have got respect for humanity. It's kids that are raised in an environment where people are talking good about other people. When you talk badly about other people in the presence of your kids, you are not destroying the other people. You are destroying your very kids. And later you wonder why they turn out the way they turn out. It is because of how you raised them. Uh, are you here? Yeah. That she bed, two she bed, they, it, it, they killed 42 children as a result of that. And Brother Bram said, when they disrespected his prophet, they disrespected him. And I'm beginning to see that there's going to be other she beds that are she beds that are going to come in the end time. And those that are insulting the prophet message in the end time, just watch down the line what is going to happen. You can never blaspheme God and things remain the same. God is not a man. God can never be mocked, folks. Give it a time. Give it a time. Amen. And it says, no matter if they didn't believe, they ought to have kept their mouth shut. Stay away from it. And you would understand, many of us, when we came into the message, and some of you, it may be happening, 
You don't understand all things. Hallelujah. When I came in, I, I had much better give you a testimony. I, I was quite shocked about the sales. I read that book many times. And I came, read first seal, second seal, third seal, fourth seal, fifth seal, sixth seal. They all made sense. When I got to the seventh seal, I thought that now we are hitting the climax. And when I was reading, Brother Brim wasn't saying anything. He was touching here, touching there, touching there. But you know what I did? I said, I don't understand, but I believe it. And because of the attitude at the right time, God revealed to me. And I'm going, I'm going back to that book, and I find golden nuggets. When I was a few years back, I thought Brother Brenham is beating about the bush. What is he talking about? We want to get to the climax of the whole thing. But later I realized Brother Brenham was saying so much without saying so much. But it depended on my attitude towards the servant of God for me to get a revelation. Imagine in my stage where I didn't get anything. I just said, the seal is not revealed. Or I come around and say, he's not speaking anything. One thing that I respected is that I may not understand, but this is a vindicated prophet of God. God will never turn his back on his prophet. I may not understand it now, but I will remain in his presence. At the right time, God will reveal it to you. And I say, whatever you don't understand, remain in his presence. At the right time, God will reveal it. And later I began to realize God allowed certain things to be spoken to stumble unbelievers in the camp. God is in the business of sifting folks. He says something without explaining it and he knows it causes a lot of commotion but he leaves it as it is because he's a God that sifts. Unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you are unworthy of me. How do you say such a statement when, when a lot of things are not clear? And even turns around to say, Peter, to the rest of them, why are you still waiting? And they listen to the predestinated Did they understand what blood meant? Did they understand what he meant by eating his flesh? But they remained because the attitude was right. They say, where shall we go? Because in you there are weights of eternal life. <laughs> Hallelujah. But because Peter waited, that is why he was given the keys. It depends on the attitude. And Brother Abraham speaks about Martha. After we spoke about it in length, when we spoke about the message when God shows up, the pastor wasn't around when Lazarus was sick. Ultimately, he died. He wasn't around. And we've heard about how the attitude of Martha and Mary, and they came and said, had you been here? our brother would have not died. But we know whatever you ask of God, God will hear you. Folks, let me tell you something. We pastors, we are useless. We are almost made to fall off your chair. We pastors, we are useless outside you having confidence in what we are preaching. It can only work for you as much as you have confidence in it. 
If you don't have confidence in it, it will not do any good. But the problem is not with the pastor. The problem is with you. Are we together? But this woman, they came. The reason Lazarus rose from the dead, it was not because of the power of Jesus. It was because the attitude of this woman activated the power that Jesus had with their attitude. They respected him for who he was, not what he had done. Amen. Amen. Are we together? Brother Bran, I like how he brings it right out today in the message, believers, thou this paragraph 71. Now, if you would send to your pastor, if he didn't come and pray for you when you were sick, and when you say, the old hypocrite, I will go over and join Jones Church or somebody. Because we live during a time where people cannot wait anymore. And, and I must bring it here. People that would have a confidence in the pastor are the people that pray for the pastor. Because if you say, I'm praying for the pastor, and I believe that the people that live during the time of Brother Brenham are the people that prayed for Brother Brenham. Because you see, and the wives that have got confidence in their husbands is the wives that pray for their husbands. Amen. Because if, if, you, if, you, if you don't pray for your husband, everything has got to be by debate. Are we together? If the husband says we go this way, uh, you look and say, no, you've got to make me understand. Are you here, sisters? Do you still believe in the scripture that husbands love your wives? Hallelujah. And wives, submit yourself unto your husband in some of the things. In some of the things. In all things. What does it mean? There are certain decisions that your husband will make and you will not understand. But if you are praying for him, you say, God, I don't know what this old fellow is thinking. But I know I've got him sorted out because I've prayed that you be in him. I hope it's you making that decision. Are you there still, sisters, that are praying for their husbands? Are you here, sisters? Are there still sisters that are praying for their husbands? Are they still? You know, I like how young girl, another young girl puts it out. His dad was a minister. And being a minister, the girl came back home and said, listen, Dad, we've got a school trip. We are going somewhere. It's a school trip. Uh, it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, we won't do much. I know you trust me, Dad. But the father felt not led to allow the daughter to go. Listen here, folks. There was nothing wrong with the trip. But the father felt that, no, I need not to allow my daughter to go on this school trip. I trust that she's the daughter of God, but she will not be allowed to go. And he said to the daughter, you are not going. And the daughter was offended when, you know how you young ones, when you are offended, you go into your room and lock yourself. She went into the room, locked herself up. But while she was there sulking, she said, but did I pray about this matter? <laughs> 
Then she began to pray, and the Holy Spirit moved upon her heart, and she stood up with tears streaming down her cheeks. She went back to Daddy and said, Daddy, you know I'm justified. I can go on this trip if I want to go on this trip. But I've come to believe that you are a man of God. And whatever you say as my father, I respect it. I am not going on that trip. And the girl never went on that trip. And the people went on that trip. The school bus perished. Imagine if that girl was supposed to say, you are oppressing me. I'm going. And phones the, the aunts and everybody else. I'm being abused in this house. She would have been on that bus and perished. Young ones, you've got to listen to your parents. They are led by the Holy Ghost. But I'm told today when you raise a child for everything that they do, they say, give me a reason. I had a man that was telling me in my house, say, you know, this case today, I was telling another child, I say, don't do this. Say, give me a reason not to do it. Because we live during a time of reason. Even the world say, you've got to persuade them. But we are coming from an era where we were not persuaded. If you were going towards the fire, they would have hit you with a wood. You only realized that they were saving you after the incident. And that is why we managed to survive a lot of things. I say, now, if you would send to your pastor and didn't come and pray for you when you were sick, well, you would say, the old hypocrite. I'll go over and join John's church or somebody. That's the reason your pastor can't do nothing for you. You've got to have faith in him and confidence in him as a man of God and know that all things worketh together for good to them that love the Lord. That's right. Your pastor didn't tell me to say that either. That was Brother Bram saying that. I know this. You've got to have confidence in the man you are dealing with or it won't do you any good to any dealing. That's right. You've got to believe your pastor. He is a good God, good God saved man preaching the gospel. Stand by him with everything you've got. What am I reading this? Sometimes the devil, God will allow the devil to use the pastor's office to stumble you. To check, are you here because of a man or are you here by calling? But it simply says, let me get on so that I must not keep you for long. But I want to speak about Mrs. Isaacson and says, it was during a discernment in the message at thy way. He says, Mrs. Isaacson, of course, talking, you know, given the interpretation, she knew who it was. I said, Jesus healed you, honey. Listen to his words. You are respect for his son out there and for his servant and for the angel of the Lord. You are deep reference and respect healed you, honey. You are well. She was in braces. She had to take her braces off and walk. What healed her? Her deep reverence and respect. She was healed in the presence of God. And I'm simply saying in our time where we have lost reverence, where we don't even understand the etiquette of being in a church. 
young ones, they've got gadgets, they come into the service, while it's church order, they are busy browsing the websites. Are you expecting God to do anything for you? We are in an era where, 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 where people are worshipping these things. Young boys sending young girls texts, text messages in churches in the end time. Then you wonder why do we have such a neurotic generation? It's because they don't know any reverence towards the presence of God. But when Moses arrived in the presence of God, God said, Take off your shoes. You are standing on holy ground. When you are on a holy ground, there is a certain behavior that you've got to exhibit in order God for God to, to do certain things for you. Are we together? What about the woman who had Brother Branham preach? Brother Branham said, I felt led in my spirit to say, Lady, don't you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ? Brother Branham said, she laughed at my face and said, I will never accept such a religion. And it says, later on, I was called in the hospital. And when I arrived there, it was already late. She had already died. And the nurse called me aside and said, all she was screaming, it was your name. But when the prophet of God said, I feel led, did that young woman know that it was her last time in the service? The problem today, people live like they are here forever. Folks, at any time, your life can be taken away. And if I were you, I would say, God, when, in whatever state you find me, say, find me being reverent towards your presence. Find me being reverent towards your way. Find me being yielding myself to the operation of the Holy Spirit. Don't be casual about this, God. And the hour in which you are living in calls for deeper sincerity. And if you are not burdened, have a burden for somebody else. You've got loved ones that are not in. Why don't you just be sincere for their sake and say, God, I'm here in your presence, but through me, do so much in my family. But because we are living during a time where people are selfish, where people are suffering from IITZ, it's about yourself. But what a what? Stop and start thinking broader and say, like Noah, I want my household in the faith. Are we together? Reverence. Young boys. We are talking with other people. Even when, when, when this is happening, I'm not talking about only this church. I'm just painting a picture where a collection plate will be going through. And young boys will just, instead of putting money, they will take money out of the collection plate. That is the spirit of our young people today. They have got no respect for God anyway. And Brother Brenham, do you hear what he says? Maybe I had much better read you this one before I release you. And while I'm talking about it, respect in marriage. Marriages are on the rocks because people don't, have, don't respect their marriage vows. Infidelity is not lack of love, it's lack of respect. Did you hear me? Lack of love, respect for God, Lack of respect for your body, lack of respect for your partner. Amen. 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 Brother Bram says, 
I'm trying to say to you, you must respect it. I've seen young people sit in the meeting and snicker and laugh in a meeting. And sometimes we see it, and this church is not an exception, where young people will sit next to each other and begin to giggle. When you wonder, what is the gift? What's funny? Right. Hallelujah. Amen. Is the church a comedy? Amen. Amen. Um, do you allow me to preach this thing? Amen. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. A church is where we take ourselves seriously. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's where you, we, you know, when, when we go to the presence of God, we pour ourselves Amen. out. Amen. I'm trying to say to you, you must respect. I've seen young people sit in the meeting, sneak and laugh in a meeting, and less than 24 hours be crushed into the streets. I've seen young people sit in a meeting in one year when I was in a place, and next, maybe within six months, I go back to the same place. Practically every one of them was gone, laying stricken somewhere with diseases and things. You have to respect. And, and I'm not trying to scare you, but at least be forewarned that if you carry on with that behavior, you know what the consequences are. Because God will never bring a man to judgment unless he first gives him a warning. Are we together? He says, if, if, they had, if they would have been taught reverence and respect, they would have walked out there before that prophet of God. And folks, let me tell you something. Parents, I'm, gonna, I'm going to address you. And, and, and hear me out here. Children, as they grow, you've got challenges. I, I've got my, uh, the bits about it, I've got my boys. They gave me a challenge. And they would run around. I remember when we were at school. And there was a time where I asked Brother Mpanyan and said, can't you take this boy and just give him a whipping? Because to them, they are used to that, okay, it's church. We can run around, we can run around. What happens to the Holy Spirit? Because Brother Brum said the Holy Spirit is timid. And when the deacons take your child to sort him out, they don't hate your child. And actually, when you get to a stage where you get overwhelmed by your child, it's time you raise hands and say, Deacon, can this boy sit next to you so that you sort him out? Amen. Are you here, parents? They're not abusing your child. And I, this is not an excuse to say, my child is problematic. I'm no longer going to a child. We need that child here because we've got the right remedy to cast out a spirit out of that boy. But give him to the elders. They will sort him out. Are you here, folks? During a time where we worship and the Holy Spirit moves into the church, it's not a time where kids are starting jumping up and down. No, folks. Are we together? Because during that time, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to someone. And you, in Lighthouse Tabernacle, you are a witness. How many times in this church were God interrupted to the spirit of suicide? Many times in this church, I've seen it on many occasions. And I always want to say, God, had you not intervened on that day, what would have happened to this person? And that is why God has trusted us that in our environment, he can interrupt all kinds of spirit. Then we've got to be reverent and say, God, may you come and have a preeminence 
matter of life and death and you had much better be prayed up. Because in five minutes you could be laying in eternity or somewhere in the region of the lost. And the deacons must never be afraid of parents. If, parents, if children are problematic, grab that boy, grab that child, and take them there by the corner and have a wait. And don't get tired. No, that's your responsibility. Amen. Another boy knew what was going to happen to him. The deacon grabbed him and was taking him out. And he screamed and said, Saints, pray for me. Because he knew what was going to happen there. The deacon was going to sort him out. You, you see, because they know if there are no consequences, we'll keep on doing that. Are you here, parents? Can I talk? Can I talk? Hallelujah. Amen. I hope I will not be in trouble with my wife. Amen. But you can still come and sort me out. I've got, they've got their grandmothers that love them dearly. And when grandmothers love kids dearly, they buy them gadgets. And I always say, first thing, I don't want to see that gadget in church. Are you here? In church is not a time where they play games. I don't want to see them with cell phones. I don't want to see them with gadgets. Nothing of that sort. Are we together? And I said, if I ever see any of that, I will get rid of it. Because in the presence of God, there's got to be respect. And folks, you know what is the best training time for you to train your children? Family prayer. It is during a family prayer where we say, close your eyes. Hallelujah. Sometimes you must remember these blinds, I know they are old, will be replacing them. Sometimes you stand there, we want to give the deacon something. All of a sudden you look because it's visible. You see an adult while the prayer is going on, they, they are just looking that way. You say, what is happening? Have you not been raised right to know how to behave in church? When you are in church, you've got to close your eyes. If they say we close our eyes, we close our eyes. It's not because you want to be curious. A demon will jump upon your life. Are you here, folks? Respect. Even how we dress. And now, young men, I need to tell you something. The devil is very clever. He realized that we've been concentrating on sisters with tight feet. Brothers. Brothers. Preachers. It makes me blush. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. Are you here, brother? <laughs> While we are sweating out sisters, the devil have visited many of you with tight pants that can show your body form. It's a shame. You cannot worship God in that state. And you young ones, you've got all the time. These sisters that are here, I, I, always, I always listen. I listen to 
the likes of Sister Lorraine, Sister Mpanyana, the others, when they are singing, you can hear that when they render songs, it comes from the heart. Amen. They are rendering for the children of God. Amen. But young ones, they perform shows. There is no connection to the heart. It's performance. And you, old ones, you've got to have difficult conversations. Amen. Uh, we, we won't hold it against you. Uh, we have spoken about it. It will be corrected. And you, old ones, in this church, we must never fear one another. We must be able to call each other aside. Do you have elder sisters here? Do you have elder brothers here? Don't be afraid. They are your children. They can sulk for a week or three weeks. They'll come around. If something is not right, you call them aside and say, "Mm -mm, it's not how it's supposed to be done. Amen. Amen. Because we want you how you are for them to be in the same manner. Amen. Are we together? Amen. You, you know that this problem, this area is the most problematic problem in church. Amen. A blessing, Brother Mervyn. But if the devil can come here, he can cause a lot of damage. Amen. I know what I'm talking about. Amen. That is why, as much as the pastor prepares when he is coming to preach to you, he's wondering, what am I going to say? Guys, you should see, we are not sleeping. Sometimes on Sunday you only sleep one hour because you are restless. What am I going to tell them? It's not, it's not where they need to see me. They've got, God, you've got to speak to them. You, I don't want them to, their time to be wasted when they are in church. And use me, I'm here, I'm available. Give me a message. And if he has not given you a message, you don't go to sleep. Sometimes from, right from your study room to the church. The whole night awake. Why? Why do we labor in this man? It's because we love God's people. We take them seriously and say, God, we want you to come and use us in the, in the manner that their lives can be transformed. And it goes for musicians. It goes for the worshiping team. Many times I've seen the worshiping team, they don't even care about time. Just walk like this. The next time singing. When did we have a time to sit down and say, God, I'm in your presence. Use me to minister to your people. Lead me, oh God. If there is anything that I might have done that is unclean, forgive me. Let it not be a stumbling block. We don't have such time. Amen. Amen. And it's 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 my responsibility to make you uncomfortable. Amen. Because when you are uncomfortable, you grow. Isn't it so? Amen. He who comes on Sunday when everybody is there and you hear the hills walking, goodness, where have you been? But the very person is never late for work. Because the boss will fire him. And because he fears the boss, he respects the boss. But this God, he doesn't fear. Are you here, folks? Let's have respect. Let's reverence God. God will do so much in our lives. I spoke to you because I love you. I would have never risked 
for me to stand here and speak in the manner that I spoke unless I loved you. And sometimes I will risk my relationship with you to bring you back in shape. Rather than at the day of judgment, when they are looking around, you say, oh, our pastor never told us. When other people say, their pastor told them, I had much better be honest because I'm in a post of duty and I've got a boss that I report to. And sometimes you, uh, sometimes one day I will, uh, I need to invite you in the life of a pastor. We don't sleep. I know some of you, you text him sometimes half past two in the morning and immediately I respond to say, hey, the pastor, we don't sleep. In this office, you don't sleep. You know why? Because sometimes there is a burden. Last night I couldn't sleep. I had a burden. And a, a night before. And then I said, what is this burden? And then just a, a name of a brother came to mind. And I looked for him. He has not been here. He moved with work. But he was on my, my heart. And when I contacted him, I realized that he was in trouble. Then he and I prayed together. Pastors don't sleep. We are watching over the floor. Just to love me as we stand. Amazing grace. Amen. Brother Watts will just come up and wrap up in prayer. Amazing grace.
as we pray. Dear precious Heavenly Father, oh God, Father God, you spoke to us tonight, oh God. Father God, you came, oh God, and you said it, oh God, in a simple way, oh God, so that we can all understand, oh God. Father God, because you love us, oh God. Heavenly Father God, and Father, we may feel offended, oh God. We may feel, Father God, that we have been wronged, oh God, but oh God, it is in those things that we need to go back, oh God, and listen to the message, oh God. Father God, because you spoke, oh God, to those very things, oh God, that is hindering us, oh God, from having a relationship with you, oh God. Father God, so many times, oh God, we miss our blessings, oh God, we miss, Father God, your word, oh God, because, oh God, of our disobedience, oh God, because of a simple, simple yet powerful, Father God, word, oh God, respect, oh God. Father God, and tonight, oh God, we say thank you, oh God. Father God, your, your, your commandment is, is clear, oh God. Amen. Honor thy father and thy mother, oh God. Yes. Father God, because, oh God, there is life in that, oh God. Amen. Father God, and if we can do that to our earthly parents, oh God, how much more to be, oh God. Amen. Father God, tonight, oh God, Father God, teach us, oh God, Father, to be more reverent, oh God. Amen. Father God, it is clear what you've done for our sister Hannah when she went into the temple, oh God. Yes. And she was reverent, oh God. Amen. Father God, she respected your temple, oh God. Amen. Father God, what you brought, oh God, the gift that you gave her, oh God. Amen. Father God, her heart's desire was, was more than fulfilled, oh God. Father, tonight, oh God, we pray, oh God. Father God, you spoke to us, oh God. Father, when we look in the mirror, oh God, tonight, oh God, or tomorrow morning, oh God. Father God, may that word, oh God, we be so clear, O oh God, Father, so that we can teach not just ourselves, O oh God, but our children, O oh God. Because, O oh God, ultimately, O oh God, our desire is to see them in the kingdom as well, O oh God. Father God, for Lord, it is so, so clear, O oh God. Father God, that our actions, O oh God, speak louder than our words, O oh God. Father, by respecting, O oh God, one and another, O oh God, Father God, our actions, O oh God, will show, O oh God, that you are in us, O oh God. We pray tonight, O oh God, come now, Lord. And as we go home, O oh God, we pray, O oh God, Father God, in this message, O oh God, speak to us, Father God. May you be the after speaker, O oh God. Father, because there's so much more, O oh God, we thank you that you could use our pastor, O oh God. Father God, for it is, Father, he's not labored in vain, O oh God. Father, you've used him tonight, O oh God. Father, the golden nuggets, O oh God, that you put on the table, O oh God. We take it, O oh God, not for ourselves, O oh God, but for our children, O oh God. For our brothers and sisters, O oh God, Father, for one day, O oh God, we want to step in, into your kingdom, O oh God, and say, if it had not been for that message, I would not have been here today, O oh God. Yes. We say thank you tonight, O oh God. Father, we love you tonight, and we thank you, Lord, Father, for loving us so much to speak to us, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
his wife, Brother Chetty, and the rest of the brothers here, uh, you hear us calling them by same name, not by name. Amen. That is, a, that is just a way of showing respect. How to get I know that Philip does not want to call him Brother Henry, but, but that's how, how we view that this is an expression of respect. Amen. Sharon, as soon as she got married, she became Sister Kune. That's how we that's how we do it. Are we together? That's how I do it. You, you can do it in the manner that you feel comfortable. But every time when you are done or you interact with a person, you feel like I, I need to make sure that they felt respected. How I spoke to them, how I approached to them, and how I engaged them. God bless you, Rachel. We will continue on this subject, I promise. Amen. 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 Just give us a ring in Jesus, ring in Jesus. Amen. Not forgetting, I'm going to see you, brother. Uh, right with you on Sunday and uh, Sunday afternoon. Amen. We look at the same as the that we around 4.30. So God bless you, Rishi. Until I see you.